1: Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Harry Robertson from the Opinion and Analysis Desk. For many, the words artificial intelligence conjure up visions of a dystopian future where master robots control the human race. But this nightmare will not become reality, says Richard Waters. The future of AI will see semi-autonomous systems rely on close cooperation with people, uniting machine learning and human judgment. Yet there are dangers in highly trusted robots leading humans astray.
2: The human race is not on the scrap heap after all, or at least not yet. There has been no shortage of predictions in recent years about how advances in artificial intelligence and robotics will see humans replaced in all kinds of jobs. But most AI experts see a less drastic outcome. In their version of the future, people will still have a role working alongside smart systems. Either the technology will not be good enough to take over completely or the decisions will have human consequences that are too important to hand over completely to a machine. This hybrid decision-making should produce better results than either working alone, according to David Mindell, who is a professor at Massachusetts Institute of Technology and the author of Our Robots Ourselves. There's just one problem When humans and semi-intelligent systems try to work together, things do not always turn out well. A catastrophic demonstration took place on the streets of Tempe, Arizona this year. An Uber test car, equipped with the company's latest self-driving technology, struck and killed a person crossing the road. Like almost all of today's autonomous cars, A backup driver was there to step in if the software failed. But an analysis by local police concluded that the driver was distracted at the time and may have been watching a TV show on a smartphone. The Uber vehicle was relying on a degree of autonomy which is due to be launched more widely next year. The so-called Level 3 system is designed to drive itself in most situations, but then hand back control to a human when confronted by a situation it can't handle. A system that is meant to be fully autonomous but suddenly deviates puts unrealistic demands on humans, say critics. Stefan Heck is the chief executive of Norto, a US startup whose technology is used to prevent professional drivers from becoming distracted. He says, if you're only needed for a minute a day, it won't work. The system is neither fish nor fowl. The failure points to a predicament with the adoption of AI that reaches well beyond driverless cars. Without careful design the intelligent systems making their way into the world could provoke a backlash against the technology. Roger Shank, an AI expert who specialises in the psychology of learning, warns that the exaggerated expectation of today's AI systems will quickly evaporate when people come to understand how limited they are. The result, he predicts, will be a new AI winter, a reference to the period in the late 1980s when disappointment over the progress of the technology led to a retreat from the field. Preventing that will require more realistic expectations of the new autonomous systems, as well as careful design to make sure they mesh with the human world. But the technology itself presents serious barriers. Iller Norback's a professor of robotics at Carnegie Mellon University, says, the way AI works and the way it fails are foreign to us. He adds, does the AI make us feel more involved, or is it like dealing with an alien species? The semi-driverless car is a particularly stark example of a near-autonomous system that relies on close cooperation with people. But as AI advances, hybrid systems such as these are creeping into many different situations. Machine learning, the type of AI that is behind the most dramatic recent progress in the field, is an advanced form of pattern recognition. It has already proved itself superior to people in tasks like identifying the images in photographs or recognizing speech. But it is less effective when it has to make judgments beyond the specific data on which it's been trained. In the real world, people often have to make decisions about situations they have not previously faced. The problem lies in systems that can match data but not understand its significance. Vishal Sika. A former top SAP and Emphasis executive who specialises in AI puts it this way. They are powerful things, but they don't have a sense of the world. The new forms of human-machine cooperation are taking root in three main ways. First, there are scenarios where humans act as a backup for the robots, taking over when the machines reach the limits of their abilities. Many work processes are being redesigned in this way, such as automated call centres where language understanding systems try to handle callers' queries and they only default to a human operator when the technology gets confused. The Uber crash was an extreme example of what can go wrong. Research from Stanford University has shown that it takes at least six seconds for a human driver to recover their awareness and take back control, says Mr Heck. But even when there is enough time for human attention to be restored, the person stepping into a situation may see things differently from the machine, making the handover far from seamless. Mr Seeker says... We need to work on a shared meaning between software systems and people. This is a very difficult problem, he says. The use of language highlights this difficulty. Humans can convey meaning by using few words. The shared understanding of context between the speaker and listener invests those words with meaning, notes Mr Seeker. Computer scientists have not yet worked out how to create that same shared understanding in machines, he says. A second type of human-machine cooperation is designed to make sure that a sensitive task is always carried out by a person, even in situations where an automated system has done all the preparatory work and would be quite capable of completing the task itself. Military drones, where human pilots thousands of miles away are called on to make the decision to fire at a target, are one example. Facial recognition systems used to help immigration officers identify suspect travellers are another. Both show how AI can make humans far more effective without robbing them of control, says Mr Heck. One criticism of semi-autonomous weapons, such as drones, however, is that there are no technical barriers to turning them into fully autonomous systems. Current procedures and safeguards can quickly be changed. According to Stuart Russell, an AI professor at the University of California in Berkeley, it would be a short and easy step in a national emergency to remove the human drone operator from the loop. That would precipitate an era of robot weapons that make their own decisions about when to kill people. Mr. Russell says, you can't say the technology itself can only be used in a defensive way and under human control. It's not true. A final type of human-in-the-loop system involves the use of AI that is not capable of handling a task entirely on its own, but instead is used as an aid to human decision-making. Algorithms like this, that crunch data and make recommendations, or direct people on which steps to take next, are creeping into everyday life. But the algorithms are only as good as the data they're trained on, and they're not good at dealing with new situations. People required to trust these systems are often also required to take them on faith. Mr. Shank points to the role of algorithms in baseball. Analyzing the strengths and weaknesses of each batter has led to new ways of setting the field that baseball traditionalists bulk at. The outcome of these computer-aided decisions, says Mr. Shank, may well end up being worse than those based on purely human analysis by experts. In another example, a bug in the app used by Uber drivers in San Francisco sent them to an airport cargo site rather than the passenger terminal. Tim O'Reilly, a technology author, says, Sometimes people will blindly follow the machine. Other times people will say, Hang on, that doesn't look right. It's like a lot of other technologies. People will adapt. These may be relatively harmless cases where little damage is done from being led astray by the machine. But what happens when the stakes are higher? IBM made medical diagnostics one of the main goals for Watson, the system first created to win a TV game show and then repurposed to become what it calls a more general cognitive system. Such systems are designed to leave the ultimate decision with an expert. IBM maintains that humans will always have the final say. But how easy would it be for a doctor to override a recommendation when it's being offered by a computer that has analysed more comparable situations and crunched more data than they have. Rejecting the technology might be even harder if it has insurance or other financial consequences. Dr Norbacks of Carnegie Mellon says, Doctors are put in a position where they feel subservient to the system. Simply saying they'll still make the decisions doesn't make it so. Similar worries to these surfaced in the 1980s when the field of AI was dominated by expert systems which were designed to guide their human users through a decision tree to reach the correct answer in any situation. It turned out to be too hard to anticipate all the unforeseen factors that complicate real-world decisions. But the latest AI, based on machine learning, look set to become far more widely adopted, and it may be harder to second-guess. Thanks to their success in narrow fields, such as image recognition, expectations for these systems have been soaring. Their creators have been more than happy to feed the hype. Mr. Shank says, we're getting out-of-control marketing departments. He singles out IBM in particular, arguing that the company heavily overpromised when it came to Watson, a criticism frequently heard in AI circles. Dario Gill, who is chief operating officer of IBM's research effort, defends the decision to launch a big initiative around the Watson system nearly eight years ago. He argues that no other tech companies at the time were according such a central role to AI. But he does concede we were not clear enough about the difference between general and specific AI. Assessing the quality of an AI system's recommendations raises other challenges. Non-experts may feel reluctant to second-guess a machine whose workings they do not understand. This is not a new dilemma. More than 30 years ago, a software glitch in a radiation therapy machine called Therac-25 led to some patients being given massive overdoses. Technicians had no way of identifying the flaw and the machine stayed in use much longer as a result, says Mr Norbax. The technology used in the most advanced machine learning systems, known as neural networks, presents additional challenges. They are modelled on a theory about how the human brain operates, passing data through layers of artificial neurons until an identifiable pattern emerges. Unlike the logic circuits employed in a traditional software programme, there is no way of tracking this process to identify exactly why a computer comes up with a particular answer. This is a big hindrance in the adoption of the technology. Mr. Norback says, that's the odd irony of AI. The best systems happen to be the ones that are least explainable today. Some experts, however, say headway is being made and it will not be long before machine learning systems are able to point to the factors that led them to a particular decision. Mr. Heck says, it's not impossible you can look inside and see what signals it's picking up. Like many people working in the field, he expresses optimism that humans and machines working together will achieve far more than either could have done alone. But there are some serious design challenges to solve before that rosy future arrives. Thank you for listening.
1: If you've enjoyed this Big Read podcast, You can subscribe on all the usual channels. If you're not already an FT subscriber, visit ft.com forward slash offer for our latest subscription offers. This episode was produced by Harry Robertson.
0: Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas podcast.